change this for history. The sisters are going to win gold together. The Olympic champions, world champions, world record holders. They defend their title and they break the world record. Well done, Australia. Two gold medals on the opening night. The winner is Sydney. Dames and messieurs, welcome back to the Sitting on Our Rings podcast. I'm your host, Brendan. As always, joined by my faithful co-host, Trent. Say hello, Trent. Hello, Trent. (laughs) (laughs) How are you going, my friend? Uh, Let's just say tired. Tired? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think we know why. Um, Yeah. We're, We're... Actually, we're not really talking anything Olympics today. There's not really anything to discuss at the moment, no. but we're we're getting together to officially talk about and wrap up the last 12 days um, that has been Birmingham 2022, the, the Commonwealth Love Games. Games. Yeah, that's right. Which we both you know, watched we, a we, lot. You now we love a multi-sport, a multi-sport competition. So we do. The Commonwealth Games count. How, very, of course very, they they're do. They're very important for Australian athletes. Hell yeah, yes. they are. Yeah. Um, which I know is a discussion that happens sort of every four years in between Commonwealth Games, but mm. then when the Commonwealth Games are on, everyone seems to be into it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, there's always the talk about the relevance of the Commonwealth Games and whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, they are really important. Don't forget that these games, you, like, you know, in athletics, there was multiple world champions there. Yes. Like, you know, and swimming world champions, squash world champions, that kind of stuff you know, weightlifting world champions, they're important stepping stones. They're well, important, um, you know, events for these athletes. I know from the cynics point of view, it's like, well, America's not there. It's like, well, no shit. Like they're not yeah. supposed to be there. It's just like, we don't compete in the Pan American games. That's like, exactly right. That's their yeah. version of the Commonwealth games, which um, we don't compete in. No. So it's a little bit nuts, but I, I, I must admit, I'm pleasantly surprised on a couple of levels. Um, this is sort of a broad overview, I guess. One, I think Birmingham did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little, I wasn't, I wouldn't say skeptical. I just, the last time that England had the Commonwealth Games were Manchester and they just weren't a very aesthetically pleasing games, mm. um, in my opinion. Obviously, the they were sort of handicapped from the start because they were following on from the Gold Coast, which <laughs> was our country, our state, and we were there. Yeah. Um, you know, and beautiful coastal city and you know very very aesthetically pleasing right, and stuff know, but the beach volleyball on a beach yeah well kind of <laughs> kind of beach adjacent <laughs> but at least there's a beach there yeah. um but no birmingham did a really good job i i think i don't want to sound too nasty here as a as a city very much like manchester it, it wasn't very aesthetically pleasing mm. for some of the things like um i think i messaged you at one point i think it was the marathon um, I was watching bits and pieces of it and they're running past houses and everything. And th- there's, you know, overgrown lawns and <laughs> rubbish bins. And one place had like two skips in the front yard, just <laughs> full of crap. And I'm like, if your, if your street is going to be featured in an event that a billion people around the world watch around the Commonwealth, Shouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't there be some Maybe sort of stand? Like, yeah, that. But you know, it, it's it is what it is. It, it's a smaller industrial, very industrial city, and everything. And it, you know, that mm. to me just doesn't look. Everything looked. It was very brown. Whenever yes. there was aerial shots, everything <laughs> was very brown. Yeah. Um, I know, like from some of the like aerial commentary from the roads road races the commentators were saying about how it's been very dry and yeah. not much rain over there and everything does look a little bit 
and like and stuff, but then you had little patches of green everywhere. And like the swimming in the triathlon, it looked like they were in some back river. Like it just <laughs> yeah. didn't look... A little dam on a farm. <laughs> That's what it looked like. <laughs> yes. It really did. Um, but again, look, you know, that 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 is what it is. But that aside, um, I think it was a really, really good 11, 12 days of competition. Mm. And the other thing that I'm very happy about is I got to see more of it than I thought I would. Mm. Um, we were talking just before recording that, like you're saying, you're tired. Um, I've been getting up at 4 a.m. every morning for the last, you know, 11, 12 days and able to see a lot of the finals live, swimming finals, athletics finals, um, you know, some of the bigger finals matches like the netball, women's beach volleyball, mm. um, in and out a little bit of the, the T20 women's cricket, but that's just because it's not a sport I enjoy watching. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, it was really good. So we, with the time difference, we got to see a lot of your heats and, and things um, at prime time for us. So sort of from 7 p.m. And then the con- coverage continued onwards till, mm. you know, 8, 8.30 in the morning. Mm. So 13 hours straight. Um, the fact that I didn't take holidays <laughs> for these, Olymp- for, sorry, for these Commonwealth Games meant that I couldn't have sat up all night watching anyway. No. Um, plus having a 16-month-old who still wakes up during the night sometimes, like, and I'm the one who goes in during the night. It's just not feasible. <laughs> and then having to work on top of it and everything. Yeah. So, um, But no, being able to, to go to bed around sort of 8.39 every night and then set the alarm for 4 o'clock in the morning mm. was great. Mm. I got to see so much more stuff than than I thought I was yeah. going to going in, which made me very happy. Yeah, Um I was probably a little bit naughtier than that and just staying up to like 12.30 <laughs> or or 1 or something like that. But, you know, that was because I was watching, you know, the mid the midday kind of live sport over there, like yep. cycling, mm-hmm. the finals and that kind of stuff would be Yeah, I, re- I really didn't get to see any cycling. Which is our, you know, um, 11, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. kind of scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So no, it was uh, it was it was very enjoyable. I, I like I said, I sadly didn't really get to see um, really any cycling. Um, I'm just bringing up here. Here it is, um, the medal tally. You've got it there. <laughs> I've got it here. I've got I've got the trusty faithful app that I've got all the details on here that I'll consult to if needed. So we'll I'll quickly run through the top five. Um, so you had coming in at number five. Am I right? One, two, three, four, five. Yes. Number five was New Zealand um, with 20 gold, 12 silver and 17 bronze. Above them was India. Actually, sorry, I will just give a quick honourable mention coming in at at sixth is Scotland. Scotland did really well at these games and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. But India coming in at number four with uh, 22 gold, 16 silver and 23 bronze. Top three are usually the same three countries, um, usually in this order, but sometimes it can change in like in Glasgow <laughs> in 2014. <laughs> yeah. um, coming in third was Canada with 26 gold, 32 silver and 34 bronze. England coming in number two, 57 gold, 66 silver and 53 bronze and Australia topping the medal tally, 67 gold, 57 silver and 54 bronze. Yeah, 178 medals. Which was which is really good, which yeah. is normally so, where we're at with the Com yeah. Games. Um, so well done to all those athletes yeah. for such a great uh, 11 days of competition. We've yeah. finished on top of the medal tally every Com game since 1990, aside from Glasgow, where England did get up and, and beat us. And mm. they, were, they were only a couple of gold away from us with like, 48 hours or so I to I go. Was, like, I remember I was messaging you going, oh, I'm not sure. Like, they were only within three. Yeah, they were really close. Like, and I'm going, oh, I just, I think they might overhaul us towards the end there. Mm. But a lot of their teams and teams in competition that didn't come up with golds, they were getting silvers and, and yeah. bronzes. And yeah. Look, it's one of those things, and I did message you and um, our Master of Ceremonies, Andrew, the other day, and, and a few other friends too, just saying, like, I, is, us watching the Com Games, is that how America feels watching the Olympics? Because it's just like gold, 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 gold. 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 <laughs> you know, or China, for example, you know, um, which which doesn't happen, you know, but w- with us in the Olympics, but we're usually, you know, top five, top ten somewhere. Um, but it is like, 
it gets to the point in the com games where, of course, I want to see Australia get as many wins and goals as possible. But usually, part way through the the second half, it sort of is like, oh, we didn't win that one. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> yeah. exciting to see somebody else get some yeah. of the get some of the golds. Um, like one example was the um, the men's four by two freestyle. Yeah, was it yes. or the medley? Medley uh, it was the medley. Um, the four by one hundred medley on the last day of competition in the pool. Um, England beat us. That's right. And yes. you, which uh, hats off, it was a great race. It was in front of their home crowd. Um, I can't remember the swimmer's name for England, but he'd been in so many races and only won silvers and bronze. Like he hadn't won a gold of his entire campaign. He got a gold on the last race <laughs> and the last day, you know. So it was hats off to them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all the, the all the standout moments weren't. I mean, obviously the majority are going to be Australian, but there are a lot of other um, great performances from other countries that that really stood out to me. Mm. Um, which you know, I mean, like you know. And like in a lot of the team sports of badminton and and table tennis, like you know Singapore and Malaysia, India mm. do quite well in those. Yeah, in those particular sports as well, you know. And you know Bermuda gets a gold <laughs> thanks to their female triathlete. Yeah, as well, you know, uh, the British Virgin Islands had one. Um, Zambia did quite mm-hmm. well. They got their first gold in ages. Um, you know, and Mauritius ended ended up winning five medals, which is, I think, the most that they've ever won mm. in the Commonwealth Games. So, you know, it's good to see, like, countries like that. You know, Dominica, Papua New Guinea, Gambia. Um, Namibia ended up with four medals, which they'd never won mm. that many before. You know, Malta, <coughs> Nauru, Nui, Vanuatu. You know, great countries like that. And you know what? These countries probably would not really stand a good chance of an mm. Olympic medal. Sometimes not even qualifying. Yes. You know? Yeah. So like, you know, and that's, once again, that brings us back to that circle of why the Commonwealth Games are still important yeah. and still relevant. For countries like, you know, can you imagine like, you know, like in a little, you know, country like Namibia and, um, you know, and Gambia and that Malta even bringing home yeah. like, a medal, like when at the Olympics, they probably wouldn't really make too many finals. No. Not at all. So. <laughs> um, and I also do really like the fact that Great Britain is broken up into all the countries that make up Great Britain. So, you know, you do have like your, your England and Wales and Scotland and Ireland and yeah, yeah, all the other ones. And you've got, yeah, Jersey and Guernsey, yeah. you know, Isle of Man. Because yeah. it is good. I mean, yes, they make up Great Britain, but it is also a chance for them to compete on the world stage literally under their own flag. Yeah. Because, um, you know, when you think about Great Britain, a lot of those athletes, you know, in at the Olympics, a lot of time you can only have three athletes per event. And when, specifically in something like boxing, mm. where it's only one athlete per weight division, here, when they break up all the nations of Great Britain, gives those athletes a chance to compete underneath the flag of their home nation outside of Great Britain where they there might be another athlete that's chosen at an Olympic Games. Yeah. Um, and talking about that, one of one of my highlights of the games in general was uh I've got to butcher her name here. Um Eilish Mc Eilish McGolgan. Eilish Eilish McGolgan, the most Scottish name. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> in in history. Um when she won gold in the uh, was it the five Thousand? Five thousand. Yeah, five thousand yeah. meters. And you know, she's up against these was it a long, long distance runners from the yeah. from the African nations yeah. who usually, you know, even in the Olympics, they usually just sweep these sort of events. And it was such an amazing run. And, you know, the last couple of hundred meters, they've just run for five kilometers and it, it came down to a sprint. And th- because, you know, Yes, the game's in England, but, you know, Great Britain thing. So, like, the crowd was behind the Scottish runner. Yes. And she she crossed the line first. She got the gold. But what made it even more special was her mother ran that same race 30-something years yes, ago. and was still the Commonwealth record holder yes, in that event. Yes, and was still the Commonwealth record holder in that event. And her daughter was the, the, the next Scottish female to win gold in that event 
and she broke her mother's games record yep. in the final. It was amazing. It yep. was such a good run. And like Jess and I were sitting up in bed, we were both cheering her on. Yep. Henry was mucking around on the floor somewhere. <laughs> Um, but it was, it was really cool. And that, that was actually one of the advantages to, to the, to the time difference, the way that it was is I'd sort of wake up around, I'd wake up at four and just start watching cause got a TV in the bedroom. Mm. So I'd flick the TV on and start watching. Um, and Henry could wake up anywhere from four thirty to, you know, five thirty mm. quarter to six mm. and I'd get up and bring him into the bedroom and for the first couple of days, he'd look at the TV, he'd be like, swimming. He's like, swim. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the swimming's on. Um, and, you know, Jess would feed him and then he'd sit up on the bed with us and, and watch. Like, mm. he'd literally watch for, you know, for a short period of time that yeah. he'd want to go and play and everything. But the other morning, Monday morning, the last, well, second last time, including the closing ceremony, the, the last morning of competition that we got to watch, um, our beach volleyball girls were playing Canada in the gold medal match. Mm. And I was sitting downstairs in the living room watching it on the big TV. And Henry just sort of came up to me and goes up. And I picked him up and sat him on my lap. And he just sat there on my lap and watched, like literally watched it with me. Yeah. And it's just like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm rubbing off on him. Yeah. Cause I know you enjoy the beach volleyball. I do. I love yeah. watching it. And it was a, it was a good tournament. Like a bloody thing. Canada got us I again in exactly. the gold medal match. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, how did our men go? Uh, they won gold. They did get the yes. gold. Yeah. yeah. So they so played, it was a, they played Canada in the final as well. So it was a repeat of, um, of 2018 for yes, both. For that's yeah. right. Exactly. Yep. Um, but that, the women's, you know the women's gold medal match. That was a very intense. It like, was. That was What's very the close. Lanky Canadian's name. You're uh, better with names than Melissa, I am. That's Melissa Paven. Yes. And don't Gee, forget she's a sour looking thing. She is. And because <laughs> don't forget that um, uh, Pla- uh, Taliqua and Maria Faye knocked them out. Yes, in, the in Tokyo in yes. the quarterfinals. Yes, and they were like the number two or three seeds over there. Yes. So and she was to, out for revenge. Yeah, I think this was out for revenge. Yeah, and mm. I think. Was she hinting around having retirement as well? So it could have been. Yeah, the last, I did hear the that. Last in there, but that was a. It was a very intense and close match. Mm. It got very heated yeah, at it times. Got very too. heated. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> Some a couple of dodgy calls here and there. She got yellow carded at one yeah. point. I'm thinking that's right. Yes, sour yes. bloody thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, like at the end, she gave like a little smile. Yeah. At the very end, when she was like signing a name, and Carrie Potter asked, "Is like, oh, there it is. There's a smile." smile. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like you know, our girls seemed disappointed. They felt that yeah. they probably had that one. But the Canadian pair are very good. Like, oh, they are. Yeah, like you know, they're top five ranked team mm. in the world. So yeah, it was always going to be close. But you know, the it same. was always going to be those two in the. Fo- in saying that, though, the. I said I didn't get to see a lot of beach volleyball because it was played when I was asleep. Um, I did catch a little bit of our, one of our men's, might have been the quarterfinal. Um, and they're actually getting tested by Sri Lanka of all countries. Yes. Sri Lanka took the first set in that Yeah. Game. And yep. I'm like, when when could they play beach volleyball? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, when did that happen? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? You know, Rwanda were in the bronze medal game. Yeah. Like, they made it through to the bronze medal game. So, you know, and um, the Gambia only just missed out. Oh, the, no, they did. Yeah, they did qualify for the quarterfinals. No Granada, sadly, but, though. Yeah, no Granada was yeah. there, unfortunately, <laughs> for us to barrack. But I tell you what, you know, the girls from, you know, Trinidad and Tobago and Solomon Islands were doing the same thing. So, okay, were they yes, nice? <laughs> yes, there was a couple of serves into the net here and there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what, what were some of your, um, your highlights of uh, the, the 11 I days? Think, you know, of course I enjoyed the track and field. As you always do. Um, yeah. But I think, um, you know, it had been covered a lot on the news and stuff, but for me, like watching the men's 1500 meter final, where yeah. Oliver Hoare like won the gold in a, you know, in a games record. And mm-hmm. that record has stood for a very long time as well. Just, you know, he in that race, you had the world champion, the previous Commonwealth champion, and the Olympic champion all in that race. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like he was just going around at, at a good pace, sitting in third or fourth the whole way. And then the final lap, the world champion from Scotland, you know, winds it up a little bit. And then I think it's the last 200 metres. Um, Oliver was on the outside and he just like sprinted for home and, you know, overtook them in probably the last five metres. And I was actually in my chair like, 
Like, don't, <laughs> like you know, like yeah. like yelling, like, go, 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 because... I'm so ticked that that was one that I missed. <laughs> yeah, it, that really, really was a great waste. And, and as Bruce McAvaney was saying in the commentary, it's one of, you know, will be remembered as a big moment mm. in Australian sport because the last Australian to win that race was Herb, was wasn't Herb it? Elliott in yeah. the 60s. Yeah. So, you know, and at Olympic Games, we've never come close to that no. kind of performance. So, you know, and, and Oliver, um, we had a bad uh, world championships where he did quite yeah. badly in the semifinals. So, we had like a point to prove, but that was really like one of the things I remember where I was like, like yelling at the TV. like go, And go. things like that excite me too with, um, with Paris only being three years away. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, two years away. Yeah. Um, that that excites me that that someone could put in a performance at that level. Yeah. You know, and, hopefully they and, can carry it on. And that's what you, you know. That and that's another thing to highlight that yes, it's a Commonwealth Games, but in that race, yeah. the world champion, the Olympic champion, and the defending Commonwealth champion are in that race. Yeah. And he so, beat them. And he beat them. Yeah. <laughs> and you know another thing, last day of competition, Peter Bowl as well. Yeah. Men's eight hundred meters. The old <laughs> the old spag himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was gonna. I know Peter might have come in as a favourite, but that was going to be a hard race for him to win. He, I think, Peter Bolin did himself to the Australian public um, in Tokyo last year because I think, it, I mean, obviously he was running well. Um, and when we do get a good runner, we seem to sit up and pay attention because it doesn't happen that often. Yes. Um, but it was the connection with his family that I think really endeared him to the Australian public. He was a refugee. Um, he was originally, I think when he came to Australia, he was originally in Toowoomba, where mm. I'm from, about mm. 90 minutes from where we're recording right mm. now. Um, but that th- they're over in Perth mm. now. They're mm. over in WA and they kept showing live shots of his family. And I mean, when I say his family, I mean his family, like his extended, extended, <laughs> yes. extended family. in that lounge room. <laughs> yeah. Probably at a time when there shouldn't have been that many people yeah. in one place, <laughs> given the restrictions. <laughs> but yeah, and they were like partying it up and like just having a blast. And he really did win over the hearts of Australia. And um, he kind of did the reverse of something I'm going to talk about soon, where he had a breakout performance at an Olympics that endeared him to the public. Mm. Um, it's usually the other way around. Right. Yes. Um, and yeah, he, he made the final of the 800 and, and got silver. Yeah. And you and I were messaging as it was happening, and I like he ran such he couldn't have done anything more no, than that race. That's, that's the main thing, and I'm glad that the media accepted that because there was hype, you know, being mm. hype. Gold, got, he's going to get gold, but the athlete that beat him is a world class athlete. And like yeah. I said to you, I I still maintain if there if it had have been an 815 meter race, if yeah. it was just that yeah, you know 10 or 15 meters more. more Bowl was eating him up. Like, he just ran out of track, that's essentially. What, that's like, what Peter said in an interview, too. He said, like, if it was an 820-meter race... I oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, he said, I said, I would have had. He said, but it's an 800-meter race. Yeah, so, he did, because he, he had his number, but, oh, well, yeah. it's one of those things, but... You know, and um, the women's javelin was very exciting to it. I don't know if you got to see any of it. Mm, little bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah, just that a was, few that little was bits. was a great event. Um, uh, Mackenzie Little, who's a, a great talent for Australia she came fifth at the world championships just mm-hmm. recently so she first throw of the event she threw a personal best um, <laughs> 20 better than that yeah and also you know, <laughs> literally yeah and and in the I think it was the second round she threw even further for another oh, wow. personal best and you know Kelsey Lee Barber the world champion was yep. in there she'd also just come out of isolation from COVID as well she got COVID at the world championship so she'd had hardly any time to you know get in the groove of yeah. training and she was like, you know, sitting in silver a lot of the way. And as she does so often in her yeah. competitions on her last throw, she threw the, um, the, the winning, the winning distance to, yeah. to snatch the gold away from Mackenzie little on the very last, <laughs> well, second last throw of the whole entire competition. Wow. So, you know, she's that clutch performer and, you know, Kelsey Lee Barb is a, a an amazing athlete, you know, she's was the only person in the history of the games to defend a a um a javelin um world title and you know she's an Olympic bronze medalist, two-time world champion, so and when I saw that she'd had covid, uh I thought, "Oh, I don't know if she'll get out of that one." Okay, but you know, you got to have faith in these athletes. They know what to do. Yeah. You know, um, and, uh, you know, I, I, another surprise in the women's high jump, Eleanor Patterson being the the world champion in the high jump 
and like she had a, uh, she got the silver she was beaten by a Jamaican and afterwards she said I can't explain that I take full ownership but she said I just didn't turn up on and the day and what's the name of um, the high jumper that did really well in Tokyo last year she she pulled out oh yeah Nicola McDermott or yeah Ollie Slagers yeah so she um, after she the made qu- the final didn't she yeah after qualifying yeah she she felt like a little like you know niggle in her leg so that she went to have x-rays in the morning of the final she had to pull out because she'd had a tear there and mm. the doctors medico said if you jump you'll probably you're looking at being out of out of competition for like nine or ten months so she had to pull out on the yeah. morning of the final but, that's fair you enough know, that's I think sport. I think that would have been a great a great uh, event between the two of those. Yeah. But, you know, things don't always turn out the way that you want in sport. I did see the men's high jump because that was on at a time when I was awake. We got the yeah. silver in that one. Yeah. New Zealand. We lost to a Kiwi. Yeah. Yeah, New Zealand. Yeah. Um, I think Brandon Stark did everything he could. He Again, yeah. was coming in, in coming in. He had a really injured. injured heel. Yeah, and he pulled out of the world championships. But um, another, you know, <laughs> I'm talking a lot of athletics, but there's, That's like, there's plenty of other sports. Over we'll it. go reverse um, order. Yeah. Athletics, then <laughs> <Yeah>. the pool. <laughs> um, the men's decathlon was a great event too. Unfortunately, the Olympic bronze medalist, Ashley Maloney, had to pull out with injury. But in that 10-10 event um, decathlon, the lead was changing constantly mm-hmm. between Cedric Dubrilla and Daniel Gabolovich. And so Daniel ended up with the... Um, silver and Cedric the bronze on, and it was only decided the top three positions were only decided on the very last event. Yeah, so any one of those three could have won. Yeah, another little surprise package we had. Um, you'll be able to hear Henry in the background for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, is um, Rowan Browning, who again sort of had a breakout performance in the Olympics, mm. um, endeared himself to the Australian public, and then backed it up at a Commonwealth Games. He made because in. In Tokyo, he made the semis, semis yeah. for the 100-meter sprint, yeah. which is the best we'd had since Shervo. Did yes. he even make the semis in Sydney? He did make the semis okay. in Sydney, yes. Um, and then he made the final for the 100 meters in, in Birmingham. Rent fifth, from memory? Uh, fifth? He, fifth in the sixth? final, he finished sixth. Sixth, yes. okay, yeah. Um, which, again, like he, he was very disappointed. He couldn't have done anything else. Like he yeah. ran a there really was, good there race. There were fast athletes in that field. There's yeah. like Olympic finalists and world finalists. The thing people need to realize too, when it comes to track and field and sprinting and stuff at the Com Games, Jamaica's part of the Commonwealth. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the competition is very, very stiff. And Trinidad and Tobago. Exactly. And yeah. Countries Niger- like that. Nigeria. Nigeria. Yeah. What's the um? Is he from Nigeria? The the um. Kimbo, um, I'm blanking now. The little guy, he's only 21, um, but he looks older than what he is. And he won a, a bunch of, I'm sure he's from Nigeria. He what? did really well with the Olympics last year as well. The, um, is it Hip Hip Kimbo or something? I can't remember his bloody I, name. Yeah, I do you know, know who I mean? But yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> he was there and did really well as well. Um, but also too touching on Rowan as well, like extraordinary in the qualifying of the, the heats of the men's mm. four by one falling over at that, at the changeover. Cause Australia were in like definitely hundred percent in third place and they would have qualified through to the final. I think they would have got a medal yeah. if they'd made the final, but during that last changeover, like getting the, when he got the baton change, he just fell over, tripped over, which he said he'd never done before. And you hardly ever see that. Anywhere, but uh, that was so he had like probably a, a good highlight and then probably something he would rather forget. Tripped over his mullet, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, talk like we go sort of talk about the pool for a second because that's sort of you know swimming athletics, are the two big ones. Um, and it's always well, it's like at anything, that's where we um, where we win our most gold, mm. but uh. Really solid performance from from the Australian swim team. Uh, we now Emma McKeon in Tokyo last year became our most medalled Olympian of all time. Um, she's now our most medalled Commonwealth Games athlete <laughs> of all time. Um, so the records keep breaking for her. Um, I was going to say before, uh, well, I was alluding to it before. Sorry, is that usually in the Commonwealth Games? because it's sort of that two years before an Olympics, there's usually an athlete that will have a breakout Mm. 
Capcom games. Mm. Um, the ones that I can remember in my lifetime would probably be, uh, you know, 1990 would have been Haley Lewis mm. in the pool. Um, 94 was Kathy Freeman. Mm. On the on the track, that's that was right. her first big, you know, that's right, you know, big event. Ninety eight, Thorpey. Mm. Um, I can't really think of Manchester. I, I, I no one's really not jumping out at me. But like, mm. two thousand and six was definitely Stephanie Rice. Mm. Um, two thousand and ten, I'm trying to think. Was it? And also, two thousand six was also Michelle Wu, yep. as well, who's still competing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely Steph Rice in terms of the, the big name. Steve Hooker also won the, yes. the pole vault in in Melbourne um, as well. 2010. I'm just trying to think. I know there was one of our one of our um one of our swimmers, one of our backstrokers that sort of really had a breakout. Um, oh, um, oh, this is really bad for podcasting. <laughs> I'm blanking <laughs> on a name. Um, one one the won the backstroke medal at the um, Olympics last year and retired. Um, was it was caught up in the whole like social media scandal in London? Uh, Emily Seabom. Emily Seabom. Good lord, Brendan. I, I was like wondering, going, is that who you? Yeah. Of? Like, are you thinking like, Emily Seabom? Her, her breakout was was in Delhi. Mm. Um, it was M Seabom, and then Glasgow. We had um, the Campbell sisters. With the breakout, and you know, in 2018, it was um, Ariane Titmus. Yep. And they've all gone on to win Olympic gold medals. Mm. Uh, and you know, this time around, for me, without a shadow of a doubt, the breakout was Molly O'Callaghan. Yes. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah. She had an unbelievable game. She, uh, Emma McKeon, and um, was the 100 meter Olympic champion from last year. She didn't compete at the world championships to focus on near yeah, the com focus games, on the yeah. com games. Um, and Molly won 100 meters at the world championships about a month and a half ago. Um, she came to Glasgow and in the 100 meter final had Emma McKeon, Ariane Titmus and some other, like that was a well, Canadian yeah, Shana Jack. Was Shana there, Jack. Was yes. Um, and she beat them all. Yes. You know, I mean, for not for hundred meter sprint, being a star in all the relays she was in, as yeah, well. she won a buttload of medals. Um, she was in like her own events as well, um, backstroke events and yeah, things like that. Yeah, she got a silver in in an individual backstroke. Event, yeah, think, she yeah. she did, and like she will be. You you watch in Paris, Paris. she will be the content. Like she will be the one that people yeah. need to watch. Yeah, um, and it does. It it happens every four years at a Commonwealth Games, and that to me, that's the that's what I love about the Commonwealth Games. And even she was saying in one of the post-race interviews is that, um, it you know, it gives them the taste of, um, uh, you know, village life. and Like and, a multi-sport. Yeah, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And, you, you know, it, it's all experience. Mm, where and, you're competing um, for your country, not as an individual. Yeah, exactly. So... And the other thing I wanted to mention too from the pool is, uh, I mean, the media were obviously all over it, but Cody Simpson. Yes. Um, I, I've got to be honest, like I, I never understood the Cody Simpson, like the pop star thing. Mm. Like you'd, you'd hear his name and this is when we were both mm. still working in music retail together. Mm. You'd hear his name, but it's like, well, he's not being played on the radio over here. He doesn't really chart over here. Like we're not selling his CDs and everything, but he's this worldwide phenomenon pop mm, star. Like mm. that. W- I think he was bigger in America than he was oh, here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when he came out a couple of years ago saying that he wanted to swim at the Olympics, my, I myself <laughs> was like, okay, okay, dickhead, yeah, whatever, sure you know, thing. cool. Um, and even when I knew he was trying, you know, when he was training and stuff, I wasn't really paying any attention. Mm. And it was when I watched the documentary on Amazon last year that followed uh, some members of the Australian swim team sort of in the lead up to Tokyo. Um, and it re- it really did chronicle Cody's from his very early, like first training days all the way through. And, uh, I, I got to be honest. I I really have respect for the guy. 
I mean, I, I didn't realize that before he was this sort of pop international pop star. He was a swimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother represented Australia at the Pan Packs. His dad was an athlete as well, I think, from memory. Yeah. Um, so swimming was in his DNA. And a lot of the, the dolphins that, you know, that are in the Australian swim team now, he swam with them when he was a kid. Like yes. they knew each other from, from being kids. And like his mother in this doco showed a, a box of his swimming medals and it was copious amount of medals. Yeah. Like he was a swimmer turned pop star, mm. not the other way around. And his goal is Paris. He just missed out on qualifying for Tokyo last year, mm. which was never his goal. No. Um, he qualified for, he just missed out on qualifying for the world championships. Like, I mean, by a second or so yeah. missed out by qualifying. Made the Commonwealth Games team. Um, is a gold medalist because he was in one of our um, heat swims for the yeah, think, four by one. Yep. Four by 100 and meter th- freestyle. And um, the, I think he did uh, the mixed medley relay heats yeah. as well. So I think he has two. But his his pet event was the 100 meter butterfly. Um, did really well in his heats. He fini- yeah. Did really well in his semis. He finished fifth. fifth yep. That's the fifth mm. I was thinking of before. Yeah. Finished fifth in the final. Um, and you think, oh, okay, fifth, but then like you look at some of the people that finish below him and stuff and it's like, well, no, that was actually a really solid, like solid, solid effort. And he was, and he was so, um, what's ahead, ahead of him for? in that event, there was world and Olympic champions yeah. who finished ahead of him. Who well. have been training constantly their entire lives. Yes. He only started two and a half years ago, <laughs> you know, um, but he was so humble every time they interviewed him and was just so grateful to be there. And they showed footage, I don't know, it might have been at the World Championships or something, because it was footage of him being up in a, a grandstand somewhere with the swim team. And the camera just happened to be on him when he got the text message to say that he was in the Commonwealth Games team. Um, and it was genuine emotion on his face. And um, I'm rooting for the kid. Yeah. I really am. Like, yeah. I, I hope he can make it to Paris. And, you know, he may not medal. But you have to give the kid credit. I say kid, he's, what, mid-twenties. <laughs> um, but you, you have to give him credit because he, like I said, the people that he's competing against have been swimming essentially non-stop since they were 10 mm. or younger, mm. younger. Um, he put it aside for 10 years mm. <laughs> and then only picked it up again two and a half, three years ago. And he's done. he's, he's competed at his first international meet First time on the Australian swim team and finished fifth. Yeah, like you know, the the there will be the cynics out there. Yeah, there will be the cynics out there. Oh, I finished fifth. You know, you stick to singing or whatever. It's like no, you have to give the guy credit because he has transformed his body. He has put in the performances to legitimately qualify for these events and finish fifth at a Commonwealth Games. Like. Yeah, I'm I'm a Cody Simpson fan. It's I really better, am. It's probably better than a lot of other people. Can I still do, couldn't tell you one of his songs, yeah. but in terms of the pool, I'm a fan. Like I'm I'm supporting him all the way, and I really hope he does well. Yeah. Well, you know, there's two spots in his event, the 200 butterfly. There's two spots there available for Paris. Mm. So, and he got one of the the top three spots. Com Games lets you have three mm-hmm. athletes, but they also do 50 meter races as yeah. well. Um, but you know, Paris, look out. He could be there. Yeah. Um, we had Kate Campbell on the local coverage here in Australia doing the poolside interviews. Um, and she came out and said that, no, no, like she's not done. Um, she's, she's planning on getting back in the pool in the next couple of weeks and she's going to start training for, for Paris. Um, so that's interesting. I I don't think Bronte... I haven't heard anything about Bronte. I'm not I sure th- if she will. I think there'll be a retirement announcement yeah. really soon from Bronte. I think her injuries are probably just too much to come back. I do her. think Kate, I don't know how she go in individual, like I say an individual 100. I think relays might be where she, she ends up. Yes. Um, and, There's, you know, for a final the, games and nothing the, wrong with that. The Australian 100 metre, women's 100 metre freestyle is too, oh my God. too strong at the moment. It's like amazing. When you can only take two athletes to the Olympics. Yeah, in it's that insane. Event, who do you pick? I mean, I remember <laughs> in 2004 when Jody Henry won, it's like, where did what, we have a 100 metre swimmer? Like, where did that come from? And now it's like, take your pick. Yeah. Molly Callahan, who I just mentioned, Emma McKeon, 
Shayna Jack. Yeah. Ariel and Titmus can can compete in the one hundred. Like yep. that's four just there. Yeah. Add Kate. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, add Kate Campbell think, into the mix. Like I think Australia's <laughs> in a real dawn of of swimming competition. And and for a long time it but maybe women were in the shadow of men, but the women are just Oh like, women like it's been like that since London. And now I think the men are starting to come through as well now. Yes, they are. I mean, Zach Stubbledy Cook. Cook. Um Elijah Winnington as well, you know, being a world record holder, he had a bad Olympics, he admitted that, but he had a great world championships and mm. a great Commonwealth Games as well. Yeah. And lots of game rec- games and Kyle records Chalmers broken. came back and had a great Commonwealth he did. Games as well. He yeah. did. And yeah. he had a... We don't need to go into it, but for people who don't follow it, there was a bit of a... He had a bit of a rough com games with the media, um, mm. hounding him about personal stuff that wasn't true. Yeah. Um, and that never should have been brought up. But anyway, it, it is what it is. And he sort of handled it the way that he did and, and essentially gave the media the middle finger, yeah. called them out for their BS and ended up winning gold the next day, um, which was good. And uh, yeah, that I, I lost my train of thought then when you mentioned Kyle Chalmers. I can't remember where I was going, but uh, you know, oh, so I was going to say um, there was lots of games records broken, lots of Commonwealth records broken. Um, the the big world record for me was the women's 4 by 200 um, the, the girls just were in a class of their own. Yes. Um, they, they beat the world record by several seconds. I can't remember the exact number. They won the race by like 12 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like they, were, they, were, they were in their own pool. Yep. It was insane. Like well, they our, were in their final lap. Most of the other races were still in their third. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. And it was, it was so good to watch and, you know, Seeing Shayna Jack and stuff up there again, we know what she's gone through, and um, hats off to her for yep. for overcoming that and being able to be be a champion again. So yeah, yeah, and um, uh, Summer McIntosh from Canada as well. Yeah, gonna be she's, a great 60, she's not even sixteen yet. Yeah, and she's going to be a great rival for Ariane coming up as well. Because mm-hmm. you, you need to remember, like Ariane's still got a few years ahead of her. Ledecky, not so much. So mm-hmm. Ledecky. I mean, Paris has got to be her last. It, yeah, it it's got to be like it would be. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, she had a good Tokyo, but not as good as Rio and London, and mm. and you know, but I mean, that's just that's just time. Yes. <laughs> it does it. You can't be on top forever. That's right. Um, but yeah, it it you would imagine Paris has got to be her big swan song. Mm. So Ariane's going to have some of these distant swims to herself. But yeah. Summer McIntosh from Canada, she's so young mm. and just mixing it with the best of them and had a great world championships a couple of weeks before. Mm. And yeah, I was just watching her and I was like, she's not even 16. Mm. And you do tend to forget, like I said to Jess when we watched that, I'm like, like Liesl Jones in Sydney, she was 14. That's right, when she won the silver. To get a silver, yeah. you know, and she became a silver, household yeah. name and was a household name for 16 years, 15, 16 years after that mm. because she was so young. Yeah, that's right. You know, when when you go and have a little bit of a, a fight with old Dawn Fraser for being a sourpuss, remember? And at the Athens Olympics, yeah, when she when she finished behind Brooke Hansen and was uh, looked like she was a little bit sour on the podium, that mm. fired up Dawn Fraser. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> she'd got the silver in Sydney, and I think she was she was the I think the sentimental favourite to get the gold. I mean, she lost to another Aussie, mm-hmm. but I mean. Disappointed, I get it, yeah. you know. Um, I guess all athletes have different emotions on yeah. the podiums and that kind of stuff, don't they? You know, I love from Canada, I was talking about yeah. before. But <laughs> I was saying with Summer McIntosh, though, like, I know I I don't mind losing to Canada. I, I do really have a soft spot for Canada. Yeah. I think I've said it before on this podcast, but I've always that they're a loved Canada. Yeah. Um, I fell in love with Canada from the Commonwealth Games in Victoria in mm. 1994. They were my first Commonwealth Games I remember watching. And I've loved the Commonwealth Games ever since, but it started a love affair with Canada. Um, you know, I ended up meeting my wife who was born in Canada. Yeah. She, she's an Australian, but she was born over there. And th- there are ties to Canada. And usually if Australia isn't competing or, you know, if there's if there's Canadians in it, that's who Jess and I will, will go, go for. Games, like. yeah. I think it's great. They're a Commonwealth nation because they, they have so many great athletes across mm. all the all the sports, and they come to the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, so. they sure do. And I, speaking of Canada, actually, and New Zealand from before when I said you know the the nineteen ninety games in New Zealand, 
it's they're due. New Zealand and Canada need to host the Com Games again. Yeah, because it's been thirty. What did I say it was? Yeah, nineteen ninety. So it's been quite a while since. So thirty-two years since um, since they've they've hosted the Com Games, and twenty-eight years since Canada have had it in Victoria. So I I agree with you. I do think it's time yeah. for them to step up. Seem as they are two big Commonwealth nations, and they made up the other two positions on the medal table. Yes. So it proves that they have athletes of quality and standard. Mm. So they are big Commonwealth nations and, and it, you're right, it's time for them to, to step up to the plate. Because at the moment, I mean, if you want to transition to talk about it, um, you know, 2026 coming up, um, it's coming back to Australia. Um, you know, it'll be the second games in three years. <laughs> Sorry, it'd be the second games in three games um, that we would have hosted, which is fast. Yes. Given that, that's, you know... Yeah. In my, Considering the, we have, would have to wait 32 years for an Olympic Games. Yeah, and also, <laughs> like, we had it in 80... I know we had it other t- games before this, but we had it in 82 here in Brisbane. We didn't have it again until Melbourne in 2006 and then the Gold Coast in 2018, which even then, that's a bit of a tight turnaround mm. given the time frame before mm. that. Um, but we, we sort of know what's happened. But to, to our, you know, American listeners that might not be aware... Um, the Commonwealth Games Federation didn't actually have a host for the next Com Games, yeah. even at the start of this year. Um, there were countries interested, but with COVID and everything, they just all pulled out. Yes. Um, so they kind of had to come cap in hand to Australia and they actually asked Melbourne to host it again. Yes. Um, and the Victorian government were like, well, no, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it a bit differently. Mm. And it, the, it's actually the host... Well, you can't even say host city, but the way it's worded is it's regional, regional Victoria, Victoria 2026, mm. um, which is interesting and also potentially exciting in the way that like the Olympics is doing, they're wanting to sort of change how these events are, are held to make it more cost effective and everything. So this will be the, the opening and closing ceremonies will be at the MCG in Melbourne, but all your sporting events are out in the smaller regional mm. areas. So Bendigo, Ballarat, um, I'm trying to think Geelong. of Geelong. Yeah. Um, like great areas, but just, you know, not the major capital city. Mm. And I mean, if it works and I, I, I'm assuming that it will, I'm, I'm hoping that will then encourage other countries to go, oh, okay, so we can do it this way. It doesn't need, it's just changing that traditionalist mindset. And look, I know you, myself, our master of ceremonies, Andrew, <laughs> We're very much traditionalists when yeah. it comes to this sort of thing. Like I know Andrew just gets a twitch <laughs> yeah. in his eye when it comes to the Paris opening ceremony, how it's yep. not in a stadium, stadium and everything. And I get it. I, I do. It's like, no, I think it should be in the main stadium. That's what it's there for. Yeah. But, you know, when it comes to just hosting these things and Brisbane really is, Brisbane's the the big trial because it's like, this is their new structure going forward is they want it to be regional. They want it to be, you know, to spread the costs out and everything. So, um, yeah, that, I meant that said like that Olympics and Commonwealth games, that's the new models. Now they can't afford mm. for cities to, that's the thing. to if, bankrupt themselves by yeah. hosting a, a big multi-sport. Event because like cities that. are wise to it. Now they've seen what happens in, you know, Athens, Athens and Rio, Rio and, um, like some of your your winter locations and things like that, where there's just these, these this infrastructure just sitting there, literally rotting. Yeah, like you know, as like I was like I've talked about previously, I saw the other year a, the, a picture of the tennis stadium in mm-hmm. Ath- in in Athens that was used for the Olympics. It hasn't been used since the men's final. No, all those years ago in two thousand and four, and it looks like something out of a post-apocalyptic, yeah, apocalyptic rust, movie. Rusted seats and grass and weeds. Yeah, and the court has like grass, like growing, growing up through it. Like, and that's yeah. only that's only one of many white elephant venues exactly. in that city. And that's countries are wise to it now, and and the public don't want to spend that sort of money to have their city end up. Like that, and mm. rightfully so. Mm. Um, so you know, it's it they they do need to change their mindset of how these places are awarded. I mean, the, the Birmingham was not supposed to be Birmingham. 
Yeah. It was supposed to be Durban in, yeah, in South, South Africa. Africa. Um, and they was the game. Were the games taken off of them, or were they they sort of them. pull out? It, it was it, a political thing, wasn't it? It was a political thing. I think that they were saying that they were going to pull out, but then I think the Commonwealth Games um, Association just removed them from there and said, "Because like Birmingham." Did Birmingham lose to Durban? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because Birmingham have been in the hunt. Like Birmingham were up against Brisbane for the Olympics back in '92. Mm. Like Birmingham have been bidding for this, like something like this, for a long time. Similar to Manchester, actually, yes. um, with the Olympics and everything. So they finally got, you know, they got it, and they did a really good job of it. Mm. Um, I mean, we haven't even talked about the ceremonies yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, we were going to try and record a little bit closer to the opening ceremony with Andrew, but just scheduling just didn't work out, <laughs> which is, you know, I've always said the kryptonite of any podcaster is scheduling. Um, I mean, it's coming up to two weeks ago now. I've only seen it the once. I can't remember all the specifics, but it was it was a good Commonwealth Games opening ceremony. Yeah. Um, I think I, it's, I really enjoyed the structured way that with the, you know, me, I love an athlete's. Mm-hmm. Parade, but the way they structured it in the regions, they've done that at the, the last few Com games. Yep, you know, with like they use a lot of LED and screen stuff to bring it all out. But I really enjoyed that particular athletes' parade. Mm. It, it was really enjoyable. The structures that they had um, were very well done. Um, I will say this, and we, the three of us, were messaging while it was happening, and it, it is true. Andrew was saying. It was a relief to not see anything projected onto the ground, <laughs> which has been a go-to for a lot of opening ceremonies for the last 10 or so years, particularly the last two with COVID and, and everything mm. else and not being able to have as many performers and stuff like that. But it was old school, physical effects, physical props. Mm. Um, there and was this... The giant bull. The giant bull. And that became kind of an icon and a, it was, a, and it a was pop huge, culture like, icon. And the people from Birmingham said that they want it permanently in their, yeah. in their city. And the, the people that created it and that made it said, look, it was only made for yeah. that ceremony. And then it probably needs to be dismantled because of all the, you know, the machines and stuff that are mm. inside it. But, the, you know, the citizens of Birmingham actually want to keep it and mm. have it up. Well, I mean, you go back to 1982 here with Matilda. She w- she became an icon, and she, she I mean she was the mascot. Um, I mean, the mascot of the Com Games was a bull, Perry, but it wasn't Pe- Perry wasn't the bull that we're talking about. Um, but you know Matilda was an icon here in Queensland for decades. She's floated all around Brisbane and the yeah. Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast as well. Yeah, I don't know where she is now, but she is. Somewhere. She's at a Matilda service station somewhere. Is it up in Gympie? Somewhere there, in yeah. Gympie? But for. For me, as a kid growing up, when we used to drive past Wet and Wild, the big theme she park, she was there for a long. She time. was there for like yep. at least twenty years. Yep. She'd be out the front of Wet and Wild, holding the yep. Wet and Wild sign, and it yep. was that was Matilda. Yeah. Um. So I get them wanting to keep her as a land, keep the bull as a landmark. Yeah. Um. I don't. For people who have seen what they did with the cars. At the yeah, start, that was really fought, cool. Yeah. They all they had all because it's uh, said so Birmingham's very much a um. Uh, it's um, an industrial, industrial city. city. So manufacturing is their yeah. best export. You would and say. they had the start of the opening ceremony, they had all these cars come out into the middle of the arena, red, white, and blue, mm. um, and they formed a Union Jack. Yep. And then driving a blue convertible Aston Martin to enter the stadium was Prince Charles yep. and Camilla. Like, like he it. drove himself into the stadium That's in right, an Aston yeah. Martin, which was really, really cool. I thought really, that was really pretty cool, cool. yeah. Um, I really quite like that. I thought it was very ingenious. I do like that at the um, Com Games. I mean, it, it, has it been since Glasgow? I think is when it first started. They bring the countries in via region, yeah, which is really cool because it does. I know you love it, <laughs> the, yeah. the Parade of Nations. I like it, but at the, the Olympics, I mean, yes, it, it gets does. monotonous. It really does. It goes for so long. Whereas this it is a way of breaking it up. So you have all you know all the countries from Oceania, mm. the Americas, Africa, Africa Caribbean, yeah, um, Asia. yeah, Asia and stuff like that. It, it's really really cool. And there's sort of it's not really a break in between them, but you've got like people introducing the regions and yeah, and it's just Use, that, and using local um, Birmingham icons, Lenny Henry yeah. as such. Yeah, it was just it just breaks it up that little bit. 
it, it, it sort of takes some of the monotony out of it. And I, I do really like the Parade of Nations at the Commonwealth Games, so that that was really good as well. Um, I did... I quite enjoyed the closing ceremony. Very much a step up from what we had to sit through at the Gold Coast. <laughs> and I know we've talked about it on here before, but the Gold Coast closing ceremony was nothing short of a shit show. It was, yeah. It was done by the wrong person who made well, it who made it a, a personal that, that's just the mu- that's just a musical side of it but just in terms of the overall thing was just terrible like the athletes it started with the athletes already in the stadium there was too many speeches um what the big thing that was is it was delayed so a tv show mm. could it that ran over time could extend my kitchen yeah. rules. Yeah. It was delayed because of a TV show. Yeah. That um, was the most appalling thing to start with because it was being shown live yeah. on Channel 7's main yeah. channel. Couldn't they just have started that show one week later? Yeah. You know, timing, ratings, etc., ad- advertising, but that was the start of the, yeah. <laughs> of the shit show of that closing. The, the athletes were bored. They were leaving. Like by the time yes. the stadium, the show finished, I you, reckon you there and was I maybe ten percent of athletes left in the yeah. stadium. They all left. You and I were watching them yeah. leave. Like we were kind of sitting right near the entry One of the tunnels, exit, yeah. exit points that they came in and out of, and we're looking at each other. And I mean, I had to stop you from leaving quite often. <laughs> <laughs> we were um, considering it. The, we're like, yeah, we're like looking at Luke going. Everyone's leaving, and, and you were right. There was maybe ten percent left because we had very much. I don't mean this to sound terrible, but B and C grade performers and performers that were past their heyday yep. doing essentially glorified karaoke. They weren't singing yep. their own songs. Yeah, they were singing each other's songs yeah. on the stage. Um, but yeah, it was very, very, very disappointing way to end a fantastic Commonwealth mm. Games four years ago. The Birmingham closing ceremony, and I did say this in our group chat with Andrew, it reminded me of a smaller scale London closing ceremony. Mm. The the look of the stage did, um, the the structure of it did, um, the fact that they were parading out. You know, it wasn't like England's biggest stars, but it was literally Birmingham's biggest stars. Mm. Um, they had Dexy's Midnight Runners sing "Come On Eileen." <laughs> yeah. um, there, there were a few others in there as well. That oh, Duran Duran right. played at the opening ceremony. ceremony. We didn't yeah. mention that, um, and you know. The closing ceremony closed with Ozzy Osbourne (laughs) (laughs) performing. Like, they did really, really, really well. Um, And and hats off to them. And again, it was was good to see some old school practical effects and Mm. and practical props and things like that in an opening ceremony Mm. again. And um, and closing. And our ceremony go-to girl, Vanessa Amorosi, was Yeah, of course. The the, the the handover handover ceremony was good. It... uh, Vanessa loves a, a common <laughs> a common Olympic ceremony. Which is, it was good. I mean, we had um, Baker Boy, who's an Indigenous um, rap artist here in Australia. Very big following. Um, I need to talk to you about him after we record too. <laughs> um, uh, t- Taylor Henderson? Yes. Yeah, who's had some quite... He big was, hits here in Australia. And, yeah, and he won one of the X Factor or something, something like, like that, that yeah. as well. Yeah. And then Vanessa Amorossi, who performed at the Sydney opening ceremony. She performed at the Sydney closing ceremony. She performed at the Paralympic opening ceremony. This is all in Sydney. Mm. She performed at the Manchester closing ceremony as part of the handover to Melbourne in 2006. Mm. Mm. 20 years on, she performs at the Birmingham closing ceremony as part of the handover to Victoria 2026, okay. <laughs> which was, is kind was, of interesting. Was she at any of the two, 2006 ceremonies? Don't think so, no. Someone sang I'll Always Be a Melbourne Girl. Me- that was Vanessa at, at, at the handover ceremony in Manchester. Her song okay, was I'm a Melbourne it. Girl. That's it. Which, that's it. yeah, the classic that it was never right. heard Delta again. Delta <laughs> Goodrum had the big starring role in Melbourne. Delta had the starring role in Melbourne and she also performed at the Gold Coast closing mm. ceremony. I'm just glad Jessica Mowboy was nowhere near it. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> for a while she was the go-to because she That's performed right. at the um, Glasgow closing ceremony as the handover to Gold Coast. That's right. And she was an embarrassment yet again. Yeah, that wasn't... Yeah. Or welcome all the athletes to yeah. the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> shut up. Um yeah, but no. Overall, it was it was a re- the ceremonies were great. Um, the sport was great. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to you know. Yeah, I, um, but you know, it was a great debut for basketball. 
the three-on-three three. basketball. Yeah. That, um, the men's final, I don't know if you got to see it, Brendan, was... I didn't. It was like Australia was winning up until the last minute or so, and England got a basket and won by one point. I know that the reverse and happened with the para three-on-three, three, is that Australia yes. were kind of yes. out, and then like at the last second, one of the guys just took a shot from... Way outside, yeah, and just nothing but net. <laughs> That's right, and then and the women um, got bronze and beat New Zealand for bronze. Um, also, too, let's not forget um, our thousandth, thousandth gold medal. Yes, was for the netball team. Yes, which is which was sort of good for um, given what happened in, at the Gold Coast, how they got beaten by yep. England in like a heartbreaking loss. Yeah, um, and we came back and beat England to get into the gold medal match. Yeah. Um, although it was essentially almost playing against a home crowd anyway, because, and again, talking about outstanding performance of the games from before, Jamaica in the women's netball. Mm. Um, the Sunshine, the Sunshine Girls. Girls. I mean, when when did they play netball? <laughs> it's always been <laughs> well, Australia, England, New Zealand. Like, it's always, they've been the big three. They, did they not? Did they win the bronze? In, I can't on the remember. Go- I think they won the bronze on the Gold Coast and they beat New Zealand, I think. Um, but they... They're tough. They're a good yep. team, and there's like there's such a huge Jamaican population in Birmingham. Yeah, and a lot, those, a lot of those hostile. Jamaican, those Jamaican girls play in our national netball. Oh, league do they? I didn't realize that. Yes. Yeah. So they know the Australian players as well. Because yes. Jamaica beat Australia in the pool game. They did. That's why we had to cross over to England in the semi-finals. Yeah, it was it was that hostile. Was, that, was, that was good revenge. You know, um, uh, the men's the. The men's team in hockey as well. The Seventh Cook, gold medal straight. Yep. You know, they were completely dominating. They did, you know, 7 0 mm-hmm. against India in the final. And, you know, Which is because didn't India take us out in the Olympics last year? Um, that in the in the hockey roos in the quarterfinals. Hockey roos, yes, yes, sorry. And so, yes, and the hockey roos got um, silver from that tournament. England beat them again as the same result mm. as well. But, you know, it was great to see our rugby sevens women back on top again. Yep. Like, you know, they they were up against New Zealand in that semi-final, so um, they knocked them out and sent New Zealand to the bronze medal and they ended up getting the gold. The men finished fourth. Um, you know, I just want to talk about, like, judo as well. Surprisingly, or every athlete mm-hmm. um, that went to um, Birmingham except one all ended up with a medal. Yeah. That was like, I thought that was really outstanding for our judo that team is really good. as well. Yeah, I would say with the three-on-three basketball, like... Obviously, I mean, I prefer proper basketball, mm. <laughs> um, but I do think for the com games, three on three may be the way to go. Um, it you know, basketball seems to be one that's a, the com games when we when we host it, we always have basketball and we always dominate. Um, and you know, it is a big ask to get a boomer squad together, particularly at the moment. Like you've got them qualifying for the; they've just won the Asia Cup. Mm. Um, the pool matches are happening for the World Cup um, next year and everything. So trying to get a boomer squad together, and a lot of the the NBL players are currently playing off season in the NBL one competition. Um, I don't know what sort of team you would have got together for it, um, but I think three on three may be the way to go for something like the Com Games because it it does open it up mm. more. Um, I think now with the Commonwealth Games Charter that if you're going to have basketball. As you, as a sport, it has to be three on three. Yeah, which look, I, I understand it makes sense, mm. but you know, my preference is always going to be mm. regular. Mm. And also the fact that I went and saw it at the Gold Coast in twenty eighteen <laughs> multiple times, so it, it is a favourite. Yeah. But uh, you know, and a you know, a great shout out to the cycling team. There was plenty of of drama at the velodrome. Oh God, as wasn't well. There? Yep, um, and also to I want to give a personal shout out to um, our table tennis team. Yes, um, and my, one of my favourite, Zhang Fang Lei. <laughs> you know, she's got now got seven Commonwealth Games medal, none of them gold, but she's been going since two thousand and two. Yes, like she's been competing and she's been to multiple Olympics. She's an absolute. Well, she's the one we were talking about as a potential flag bearer for um, yeah, the Olympics. I've, yes, I felt that maybe she might have snuck in there because she left with two medals. She got um, silver in the women's doubles and bronze in the um, t- women's team event. And she's always been a person. She's 49 years old and, you know, she's competing against um, those teams from Malaysia, India, Singapore, which are always strong um, nations at the Olympic Games, let alone the Commonwealth Games. 
Yeah. I, so, you know. I, I thought she might have been a flag bearer for the closing ceremony. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, we went to Michelle Wu, the diver. Um, she, she did win a gold in the synchro with a 14-year-old. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and shout out to Melissa Wu as well, who started off, you know, in Melbourne in 2006. And, has and that's had the thing, such like, a long career. She started definitely. in 2006, you know. I can't pronounce the name, but your table tennis player. Zhang Fang Lei. Yeah, I'll just I'll butcher it if I do and I'll get cancelled. <laughs> um you know, she had a she had a Biocom games because she started in O two. So I thought it might have gone to her in terms of longevity. Yeah. Um but I mean obviously Melissa Wu is is a, is a more, more well, house a bigger household name course, and everything. Yeah. Um you know, Zhang she need she she's up there in my book. She would have been my <laughs> choice. Of course she would have. And you know, maybe Come Melbourne, if she's still competing, Good that Lord. she could be considered, yeah, to be see. a flag bearer. But yeah, look, it's going to be interesting with twenty twenty six. Like I'm hearing that maybe like cycling, like track cycling, won't be included because which is, which there's will, no velodrome in regional. But I can't see that them letting that happen. Like, yeah, like that's been that's be very it'd be very strange Commonwealth Games to not have track cycling. Mm. Um. Road cycling, road cycling is, a, is fine. A, is a core sport. So yeah, cannot every host city has to have it, and mm. they'll be able to include mountain biking. There's lots of mountain bike um, in courses in regional Victoria, and also too, there's the big uh, um, thing on a campaign at the moment to get shooting brought back in as well. True. Yeah, you know, which wasn't on the um, which wasn't in Birmingham because they said they couldn't find a venue, so. That India and Australia actually had jointly organised the um, shooting um, Commonwealth shooting competition, which I was, you telling me yeah, this, which yeah. was going to take place um, outside in India, and then added to the medal tally mm. once the Com Games finished. But it, it was cancelled due to COVID, COVID, so yeah. they want to try and bring shoot. And there's lots of great shooting Should venues be. in Victoria as well. And of course, you know, Australia can choose other sports. So if they want to put cricket back in there, yeah. archery, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, that's all ahead of us, but uh, I think that might be where we'll we'll start yeah. wrapping this up. But, uh, you know me. We I could can, talk for I, hours. I, can, I could talk for hours about it, but <laughs> maybe our listeners might not need that. No. It was, um, look, you know, it was a solid, solid um, Commonwealth game. I really so. enjoyed watching it. I'm tired, but I really enjoyed watching it, and Birmingham did a great job. They did. So, congratulations, Birmingham. Bring on... Regional Victoria 2026. Well done to all our athletes as well (laughs) that had some great results there to put us at the top of the table. And now we've got Paris ahead of us. So we'll have lots to talk about in the the two years leading up to Paris. That's exactly right. Two years. I can't It's only two years now. So we'll be back before you know it. But uh, until then, uh, Trent, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Um, Brandon. It was great to do a games wrap up. The listeners can find you on Facebook and Instagram Instagram. and things like that. They can, uh, yep. You can follow oh. me on Twitter at Lowy007 if, if you and want to. I'm in so, you know, uh, underscore Hawkeye, H-A-W-K-E-Y-E-Z underscore. But uh, look, until next time, um, I can't really say, you know, keep the baton, <laughs> keep the baton running. And uh, yeah, well, actually, I don't want to, we won't go into it because we haven't got any time, but I'll just say it will be interesting to see in four years' time if we're having the Queen's baton relay oh, or the King's baton relay. Yeah. Exactly. We'll leave, it, we'll leave that with you to think further for the next mm. four years. But until we see you we'll next see, time, we'll see you before those. Yeah, four of course. Years. But until till we do talk to you again, um, keep, well, I'll say keep the flame shining. <laughs> <laughs>